0: Smoothie King smoothies.
1: Smoothie King smoothies. Green tea tango with mango and energy. That's oh all you need. Gosh.
0: The green tea tango is very
1: good. You gotta put the mango in. The mango's. The I've secret. never
0: had it with mango. I don't there think there's go. a smoothie king in Denver. Now that I'm speaking. I don't know if there's
1: one in Austin, but you know, now that we talk about it, I might have to go get one after this.
0: Yeah, you might have to look it up. We have tropical smoothie, but I'm gonna look up Smoothie King. Not the same.
1: Create a business plan. I was like, yeah, yeah, cool. I got you with a business plan. Went home immediately. Went to Google. I was like, "What is a business plan? Like, how do you how do you make that thing?"
0: So I don't know my password for my other Zoom. So I have the cheap version. I'm gonna log off and log back on because we're just okay. gonna get booted. <laughs> same link. Uh same link. Yep.
1: Okay. Cool. I'll see you in a second. Okay. <laughs> You're with the change too. You didn't tell me. We were I know.
0: Doing I I know. Quick outfit change. I was like. I get so nervous every time I see the clock count down, I'm like sweating, I'm sweating so much. It's like, I gotta take off my t-shirt. Hey y'all, welcome back to What the Hell Do I Do Now? I'm your host, Genevieve Henderson, and I am so excited that you've tuned in. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, send it to your friends and family, anyone who resonates with the things we talk about. So here we go, y'all. Hope you enjoy. There we go. Hi.
1: What's going on? Pleasure to meet you.
0: Yeah, you as well. All right, Corey. Well, I'm really excited. I swore for a year I wouldn't download TikTok. I was sober from TikTok for almost a year. And then downloaded TikTok, found your page. I think yours was one of the first to pop up. I don't know why, but it just was. Maybe it was fate. And um, immediately like, searched you on Instagram and messaged you.
1: I love that. And I was about to say, it's it's wild how in mean, that TikTok algorithm, it knows us better than we know ourselves sometimes. Yeah. You get hit with a video, you're like, I wasn't ready for that. Yeah. But like, damn, that is me. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm glad it's doing its thing and it it brings us together. And I think that's the the really, the thing I've been saying about social media now for like two, three years has been it's uh, a fantastic tool if we use it to be social. So props to you for like, not just seeing something that resonated, but then taking the initiative, proactively reaching out and like, here we are. I mean, people ask me all the time, like how I've gotten guests on my show. The past three years, I'm like, it's literally that. I just something hits me. I send a message, usually a voice note, and I'm like, "Hey, your store is incredible. I would love to sit down with you. Do you want to talk about yourself for an hour?" And people are like, "Yeah, I could do that."
0: The voice <laughs> note, pretty easy. It's
1: not that hard.
0: It's not that hard. The voice note really is what got me. I was like, "That is awesome. It's such a personal touch." I don't know messaging people. Like we're inundated with information all the time, reading, but voice note. That was awesome. I'm gonna
1: steal that and I'm gonna start using it. Hey, go for it. It's easier to send a voice note, in my opinion, than it is to text. I, oh, I hate sitting there and like thinking of each word. If I can just talk into a microphone, and it's nice that Instagram limits you to like a minute to like what you can send. Um, because I do receive voice notes and I'm like, you really sent me a, a mini podcast episode. Like this is five minutes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> that's that's <laughs> a lot. I'd almost <laughs> rather get that bulk text. Coming through at that point.
0: My car, for some reason, the Bluetooth messes up when I listen to voice notes. And so whenever they're really long, I'm like, fuck, like I listen to all my, I like call my friends in my car. I do so much stuff when I'm driving. The long voice notes are, they're tough.
1: So what you can do this is a pro tip for anyone out there who's in the voice noting game. Um, if it's in a text, you can like hold down your thumb on it and then it will pop it up into a screen and then it will take you over out of the texting into like a um, audio playing feature playing so that you can like, now. you can fast forward, you can go back. Because you know how when they just send it in an iMessage, it's just that blue. stream Yeah. Um,
0: okay, I see.
1: Yeah, yeah. So that makes it a lot easier. And it's the worst when it like glitches and then it's, you're like. I was a minute and a half in yeah. and now I have to start over again. I so like close. I love my friends, but hearing their voice on repeat isn't what I want to spend my time doing.
0: Wow, that's a really good pro tip.
1: There we Thank go. We, right off the bat, some uh some pro tips for those people listening in. <laughs> oh, I love that. They don't, I'm sorry, you're totally lost right
0: now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I wanna shift gears, even though this pro tip, I'm sure you have a few more that maybe I'll pick your brain on. I wanna go back to you and your swimming career you swam in the CAA. So we were in the same conference college of Charleston, my 2016 or maybe 2015. Uh, the swimming team got cut because our pool was like a meter or half a meter too short.
1: I was about to say, I mean, swimming is a, it's a brutal sport. Um, I mean, really all non-revenue generating sports almost feel like they're walking on uh thin ice at all times. And it's, you know, it's a shame. I remember that really well. I had a few buddies actually that I grew up with swim for Charleston and uh, talking with them. One guy, it, it was like his senior year was the last year the team was around. So he was kind of like, it's bittersweet. Like I got through to the end, but it sucks to not see a program survive that. And I'll never forget. Cause I think that was my sophomore year. After my sophomore year was when you guys made that decision. That was your last season. And I remember sitting on the bus coming home and I had a a coach, one of my favorite coaches in my whole career, Um, but he was like brutally honest, very blunt, just kind of told it how it was. And he was like, I don't know if you guys are like proud of yourselves right now or what, but like you got like second to last and the team that you beat was Charleston. And as far as I'm concerned, they're not a team anymore. So you guys got last on this at this conferences and there's a lot of work to do if you want to move forward. was like, Oh my God, I hate that. You're right, but you're right. Yeah, <laughs> So that's like,
0: I love people that just kind of say it as it is. And you're like, well,
1: yeah, he was um, he definitely wasn't a coach that was for everyone. Um, he definitely rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. And uh, it, that's an interesting topic in itself to see kind of that pendulum of where sport has gone, especially from the coaching side. And like, how hard to push personally as an athlete responded very well to the bluntness to the like all right hey like take your head out of your ass and like let's get to work um whenever i was doing really well or when i was uh not doing so well he helped me kind of put things in perspective and refocus on uh the right things yeah i i responded really well he was that's why he was one of my favorites but definitely definitely not for everyone
0: yeah have you had anyone like that outside of sport
1: um not necessarily uh, I would say I mean throughout it's like when swimming ended for me I originally thought I was gonna go physical therapy school grad school didn't work out um I had a 2.9 GPA when I graduated I was like full-on let's be a swimmer swimming is life and did not focus on the GPA and the grades And a lot of my advisors are like, well, if you really want to do this, you can go back to like community college and retake a few of these classes, get a higher GPA and and try again in a year. I was like, no, that's not who I am. Like, I don't want to go backwards. I want to go forward. So I I moved on, so to speak, um, for because I just didn't know any better. I didn't know where else to go. I ended up going through that first initial transition found myself doing mortgage refinancing, which was not the sexiest of jobs was not what I wanted to do, but it had the highest paycheck attached to it. And I was like, that's success. Let's go do this. And I had had a few leaders within that company play a similar role to that old coach of mine. Um, However, I realized what was really important for me wasn't necessarily like getting that style of coaching, but it was getting that style of coaching when I'm aligned with something that I'm like actually passionate about at the very least. Yeah, um, and I wasn't passionate about picking up phone calls and doing you know hel- helping people refinance their mortgage. It was a very interesting company. Um, would I do it all over again? Honestly, yes, because it brought me a lot of really good connections and I learned what I didn't want to do. Uh, And it also gave me that perspective of like, there's this internal or really this external pressure we make up internally as athletes when it ends to hop right into that next chapter of your life and be really, really good at it, be super successful. And it was a very humbling experience because I wasn't super successful at it right away. Um, I had seen improvement, but not at a rate, quote unquote, that I wanted to do. And I was able to learn that, you know, it was okay that that first thing that I tried wasn't right for me. I can try multiple things. And at the end of the day, if I, like I left nine months into it, I was 23 years old and I still had time to reset and like try something else. And I got into swim coaching because I mean, what do athletes do when they don't know what to do? They go back to Coaching their sport and there's some solace in that. There's some comfort in that. Being able to bounce around then really without the pressure. And that's like a lot of self-reflection. That took a lot of conversation with my parents and those close to me being like, hey, I'm going to like redefine what success means for myself, for my own definition of it, not what you guys dictate for me or what society would dictate for me. And that was like the best thing I think I could have ever done. Um, And that's my best piece of advice for people that are newer to that transition. It's like, don't put a ton of pressure on being an expert right away at that next chapter. At the end of the day, most of us are 22, 23 when we stop playing. Or if you go pro, you just fast forward four years, five years to that uh, based off the average length of career, right? And you're still young. Like you still have plenty of time to figure things out. So take that with more of a curious approach and a more like, let's get excited to explore this style of approach rather than I'm hot shit came off my sport. I'm to be really, really good at this. And if I'm not right away, I'm going to be really upset because then when your expectation doesn't match your reality, you set yourself up for some failures, some heavy disappointments. If you can shift how your expectations lie around how you show up and then you can shift how your reality looks that's that's the secret so to speak
0: the secret sauce how did you define success for yourself
1: ah such a good question it's interesting because for so long success meant to me winning the medal like winning the award setting the record winning an mvp like whatever that may be and that was easy very black and white I either did a best time, I either won or I lost. I either set the record, I didn't set the record. and won the award, I didn't win the award. What I really struggled with when I took a step back and onward from sport was like, well, what is success? Is it like I get the raise, I don't get the raise? And the more I thought about looking at success through that lens of black and white, yes or no, I realized you're really setting yourself up for a tough time. A much more difficult time and a very discontent lifestyle because I'm not sure if you're familiar with this concept of the hedonic treadmill, but what the hedonic treadmill is for those not familiar is when you set a goal and you work everything to get to, to reach that goal, you sacrifice it all and you get it, you attain that goal. And then you're, you find yourself left with this emptiness of like, well, what next, what's the next goal? And so then you you recalibrate and you're like, oh, I'll just set another goal a little bit higher and then I'll I'll get it. I'll get that feeling that I I'm not having right now, but I'll, I'll get it when I attain that one. And then people find themselves on this hedonic treadmill of sorts because they just keep going and going and they're chasing a fleeting feeling that doesn't actually exist in that model. So for me, what it what it was was redefining success in a way that allowed me to be successful right now, to not be reliant on an external result, a certain accolade or raise or external validation for me to then feel worthy of success, but rather making a decision of, I'm successful right now. What does that feel like? How would I show up? Well, to me, I want to show up confident. I want to show up clear on what it is that I'm going towards and I'm just gonna give my best into each rep that I take that day. Wow. I take it one step at a time. And if I can do that more times than not on a day-to-day basis, then I can look back and say, I was successful. So even now, as like within Forever Athlete, it's it's muddied. Like I haven't seen anyone do what I'm doing. So it's tough to model exactly after another company's success or just put my head down and be like, well, if I just reached this milestone. That will set me up for this milestone and then I'll be successful. It's allowed me to really, truly buy in and enjoy that process, which I know is a a phrase that gets thrown around a lot in athletics. But for you to truly enjoy the process, you have to be able to switch from a external result reliant position for how you feel to shifting first internally. Make that decision. You can be confident. You can be successful now. Then ask yourself, how does that person show up today? What would that person do? Make those decisions, make those actions. And then by default, you'll eventually have the things that you want to have. It's simply put, it's like in sport, you don't decide, oh, I'm a champion after you win the championship. It's like you have to have the confidence every single day from preseason onward to show up in a way that a champion would carry themselves. And even here's the tricky part. What's really frustrating is even if you do that every single day, it's still a game. There's still chance. You're, there's other contenders, other players. You might not win. You exactly. might not win that championship, but you can still be a champion.
0: Yeah. I love You that. know,
1: so that's, that was long story short, how I started to recalibrate success and how I've seen that to really show a huge impact, not just in my like, results and what i've been able to achieve but in my day-to-day and like my overall happiness and enjoying each step of this process
0: i had like a couple of aha moments as you were saying that first i was just journaling about this this morning about when i first moved to denver the thing I wanted and the thing I craved was a community that was like the one that I had just left in Charleston Mm -hmm. and then I wanted to go back to school and so I would be at a coffee shop and like making up work for myself because I was like oh I miss learning like I can't wait to like be doing homework and like reading different research and whatever it might be I find that I achieve that stuff and then I'm I'm like, oh, shoot. Okay, like, what am I supposed to do now? And then I move on and I go do something else. And instead of, I'm like caught on that same pattern and cycle. Mm. And instead of shifting, yeah, that's a goal, but that doesn't need to be like the end all be all. Every single person, no matter how rich, famous, whatever it might be, like relationship you're in, friends friends you have, you're still going to be dealing with life. People are still going to cut you off in traffic you're still going to get in a fight with your family. Like you're still going to have moments where you're having a bad day or a good day or in between. So I've been trying to figure that out for myself.
1: 100%. I, I think a skill that athletes are really, really good at and they maybe don't even realize is the power of intentionality. Like we we know in sport, we can like sniff out the bullshit very, very easily. Of like, oh, I don't know if like this particular Practice made sense towards where I want to go, or like this drill, right? Or this lift, even, and we can we can sniff that out. But we we get really excited when like something is hard, but we know it moves us closer to where we want to go, right? So, you leveraging that power of intentionality is one of the greatest overlooked strengths, I think, of athletes as they start to transition out. One of the ways that you can start to do that is really taking a second to pause before you step into whatever that next thing is on your to-do list or your calendar and taking 30 seconds checking with yourself like what is the intention here how do i want to show up when i show up on this podcast with you how do i want to show up do i want to show up like oh my gosh i have a headache it's been a slower morning for me like it hasn't really been my like best morning ever No, that's not what I want to do. I want to take the intention, set the intention of I want to show up here. I want to be myself. I want to provide value. And that will come through simply because I just took 30 seconds as the Zoom was loading to just like literally sit. Phone was away. Emails were away. I just gave myself like 30 seconds to myself. Okay, great. Intention is set. Let's go for it. Let's go. That's one of the easiest ways, I would encourage people to just start making a simple shift in their day-to-day and that can have profound results because you just you start to bring a new level of awareness and a new level of intention and when you do that then you get some really dangerous results at the end but even like taking that time as you're sitting in those coffee shops and be like am I just here to like go through the motions and like read to read like research isn't that exciting right yeah. <laughs> so what other ways would you be able to then show up and achieve and start to plant the seeds for community rather than just going and going through the motions and repeating what has worked for you in the past coffee shops are always an interesting one when people ask me of like where do i go meet people post sport and i'm like coffee shops can be great but they require you to to be extroverted like you do need to talk to some people there yeah personally i'm more introverted i've dealt with social levels of social anxiety at, at various stages like when it gets to larger audiences i'm like yo no i don't know what it is it's like 10 is my magic number
0: anything other than mine's like seven there we go
1: yeah Ugh. like i can sit there very confidently in front of 10 people and be like all right guys so like this is what we're doing today like thanks so much for showing up you hit 11 i don't know what it is but in my head i'm like there might be eleven thousand people here yeah. now i'm like starting to, to question everything so I understand a lot when people are like, well, oh, it's easy for you to say the an extrovert. And I'm like, no, like you can take practice reps here. And the coffee shop, I think, is a phenomenal example of one of the things that I've done there, because I've moved around now like five or six times since graduating, New City almost every year, and have had to like repeat that cycle. One of the things that I found to work really well is it's really anxiety ridden and out of my comfort zone to just go strike up a conversation with a random person at the coffee shop, right? So what I'll do instead is I'll just go to the the coffee shop almost every day and I'll talk to the barista. I'll talk to the person behind the counter and I'll get to know them so much so that you you do that a few times a week for a few weeks. Now, all of a sudden, I walk in, they're like, Corey, what's up? And I'm like, yo, like Jordan, so good to see you. What's up, man? Shout out to Jordan, I miss him. He was my barista in in LA. And what's really interesting is over time, when you develop that relationship, then you become like a magnet and everyone else in the coffee shop at the same time starts to wonder, why don't they know you at the same level of excitement that Jordan knows me? And uh, then it becomes like this, they're like, Core, Corey, what do you do? Yeah. do? I'm really not that special. I just it truly oh.
0: is like, I had the same experience. I go to, so the gym I work at, um, we have coffee, we have like a co-work space there. And so that's been really interesting to watch from like a work perspective. You see all these people like go every single day and I've worked at multiple gyms and there's not a community like the one that I work at. I'm, I'm biased, but like, it truly is just the structure of People come in and they see each other every day and then we connect with them. And then other people are like, wait, why do they know who are those people? And then they find themselves together in the co-work space and they're doing like recovery or having a coffee. There's a coffee shop down the road from the gym I work at. spend so much time at my job. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I need to have a different space so I can also show up in this space. It's the same thing. They have a mug club. And so the mug is expensive. But it lasts a full year and it's free coffee or cold brew. I guess not free, but I bring the mug in and I don't have to pay. Yeah. And uh, the same thing, like now I walk in and Caden will be like, oh, it's after one. Like, do you want to chai? Because you probably open tomorrow. And it, it's so funny. And after that started happening, I met so many people. I think it's honestly, I feel more confident going in there. Because it's mm. it feels familiar because there's familiar people.
1: Well, I was about to say, when we, when we really boil it down, when we're talking connection, that's what I do with Forever Athlete. That's the secret sauce is I just happen to connect former athletes with other former athletes and then create new experiences from there. It really is as simple as when you connect with someone for the first time. I mean, just like talking to someone, meeting someone for the first time. The first thing that we try to do as humans is find some common ground. So if I can eliminate that with, oh, everyone here is a former athlete of some sorts, it's the conversation is going to flow easier. But when, when you're meeting someone for the first time, it's like people say, oh, I suck at small talk. It's like, no, you just suck at asking the right questions to find similarities that then you can dive off into deeper conversation from. And that's why I tell people all the time, like, stop asking people where they're from. Stop asking yeah. people what they do for a living, because the percentage, like the odds that you share that with someone are literally so small. Members of a very transient city. So it was Austin. People are moving here all of the time, all from all over the world. If I were to go to a coffee shop and be like, oh, my God, so where are you from? The odds that they're from Silver Spring, Maryland, very, very slim, right? And they're then gonna when they answer, from-
0: you're like, cool.
1: Yeah. I was about to say, when it goes wrong, you just, you're kind of take a step back and you're like, cool. I didn't have a follow-up for that. Like I know nothing about that area. Yeah, It starts, I think with asking one better questions to find that common ground. And then from there, you have to then be able to create new experiences and try out new things, whether that be through questioning or through new experiences together. So if you guys met at the gym and it's like, cool, you met there, you might start with a, common value, you like to work out. So like you start a work, you do a workout together. Yeah. Then as you're working out, you find out that that person likes coffee. So then you say, okay, cool. There's this really cool coffee shop down the road that uh, you said, Caleb, Caleb is the barista at like, he'll, yeah. he'll hook you up with <laughs> a, a try latte after 1 PM. Like, great, let's go. Let's go see Caleb after the workout. And then now all of a sudden you're like, you've started to add some depth and more well-roundedness to these relationships that's what I've learned over these past few years here and what I'm really, really excited about with just what I'm doing within my own company. I just co-founded another company as well. It's really geared towards solving this issue, so to speak, for people, making it easier to find that common ground, that common connection. Um, it's just, it's life-changing. It's It truly is life-changing when you're able to find that common ground, create a new experience together. And then all of a sudden, now you have these diverse, very versatile friendships and relationships. You're yeah. not relying on like, oh, these are just my work friends, or they they're just they're just my gym buddy. I'm not going to go do anything else outside of that. It's like, okay, but yeah. some people will just be like that, and that's okay. <laughs> but if the goal is deeper, more genuine connections, you want to diversify.
0: I love that what you're saying, like that idea of connection, and it's so easy. put that in quotes because it's not easy for everyone but on a team you're kind of thrown in with all these people that you don't have to be good friends with them but like you're spending so much time with them ideally it would be easier if you are close-ish with them i kind of use it as my crutch so i'm like well i don't need to make any more friends i have all the people in my life i need and i'm sure you felt this as well like you've moved to five different cities in almost five years like you can't just rely on that
1: i was about to say it's um we're spoiled especially in. I would argue that almost any sport is a team sport, especially at the, the college level and above. Um, because even if it's like an individual performance, you have training partners, you have that those people around you built in, right? So in some ways it is a crutch. It, it's also like the biggest blessing, right? Like Absolutely. you walk onto that campus freshman year, you're 17, 18 years old, you're nervous as anything. And you're telling me that I have 27 other dudes that also enjoy swimming for the most part yeah <laughs> like that awesome you just made it really easy for me to feel at home feel welcome to feel comfortable the trick is not confusing that comfortable like comfortable feeling with I can't I don't have to do anything else outside of that but that's what a lot of athletes really, get caught up in that while they're still in the sport because it's like, well, I don't have time for anyone outside of my sport, but there's always value in having a diverse group of people around you and like knowing who to go to for what, right? Like if all your friends are just on your team, if you're dealing with some team drama that involves most of your friends, who are you going to go talk to? Right. Could be a therapist. Like that's a fantastic option. But it also, I think, sometimes helps to just have peer-to-peer mentors too and just be like, hey, can I confide this in you or can I talk with you about that, whatever that may be. But yeah, it definitely sets you up to get accustomed to that. And then it's a it's a harsh reality when you don't have that anymore and then you get thrown into a new company or you move to a new city and you start to like look around and you're like, Wait, not everyone at work wants to be my friend. That's weird. <laughs> what's What's going on? There's something really special about that that team environment because for the most part, everyone is within like a four or four year range of each other. So you have way more similarities. Whereas then you go into a startup or a entry level position, now all of a sudden you're met with people that are like three times your age yeah. and you're trying to interact with them. You're like, mm, I don't know how to do that. Or people yeah. twice your age, some coworker. I mean, think of the 20, 20s. It's like such an interesting timeline. You got people that are like fresh out of college, totally lost in life. They're just partying and letting like time go by and just they're living their life. You know, that was what I was like at 22, 23 years old. I just, I just wanted to party and like have a good time. I didn't really care about like moving the needle forward towards something. Then you got people that are like in a serious relationship. They're thinking about engagement, getting married, starting a family. You got people that are buying houses. Like everyone is on a crazy new timeline. So one being able to sit back and say, okay, I can see their timeline. What's mine? What, what fits me? What's in line with what I want in my life is a huge thing. I can't stress that one enough, especially with like the overall theme of your listenership and, and your podcasts. It's like create your own timeline. You'll be so much better off following your own deadlines than one set by other people. But from there, as you start to like go and connect and try to meet new people, you got to be able to put yourself out there within reason, right? Your comfort zone is relative to each individual. So what might be comfortable for me might be something totally outside of someone else's comfort zone. That doesn't necessarily matter in the grand scheme of things. What matters is actually we can all expand our current level of capacity for whatever X might be. And so if the goal is to make more friends, make more deeper connections, as you start to find yourself transitioning, finding yourself in these new cities, in these new jobs, connecting with coworkers, identify what is easy for you. Like if you you were to sit there and ask yourself, how would this be easy? The easy thing for me was at the coffee shop talk to the barista for you it sounds like at the gym like talk to your coworkers talk whatever from there what would be like the first step like i'm dipping my toe in the water this is slightly uncomfortable okay what do i need to do to like work from this is easy to like then making that dipping my toe in make that easy and then once i feel with enough reps with enough practice that becomes easy then i said i just rinse and repeat i keep asking myself Okay. What's the next step? You don't have to go zero to 100. You don't have to go from like, I'm a lonely, like introverted turtle that I will never make friends. I'm going to die forever alone to, oh my God, I'm the life of the party. I know hundreds of people in my city. I'm getting hit up for plans every single day. This is great. Like you don't have to go zero to 100. If that's what you want, great. We're social beings. So even the introverted turtle is going to benefit from having at least a handful Of really solid friends especially in real life no way around it we've been through some really tough times these past few years here really isolating at times there's so much power in that feeling of in real life human connection we've anything we've probably doubled down and realized truly how important that is over the past few years so in order for you to achieve that you have to be able to identify just what is stepping your toe in that water dipping it in and going for it and then just continue to reassess and go from there.
0: I know it's like it gets easier as you get more comfortable doing it. I heard this, this guy, he's like a social, I guess a social scientist, but he was talking about if you have anxiety about like walking into a room. Or talking to a lot of people, like I don't have anxiety when I like am working, or if I'm like instructing Mm -hmm. presentations, I'm usually good. But it's when it's a social, I'm in a group of people I don't know, and I'm trying to make friends. When I'm not the the expert in the room for whatever it might be, that's when I'm like, oh, this is not comfortable. But imagining yourself in your head, I'm gonna walk into this room, and I'm gonna see a lot of people. Just repeating that, like imagining you're walking through the door that whatever room you're about to walk in. And that's been Mm. so helpful for me. It becomes familiar, even though it hasn't happened yet. It's hard. It's hard when you go into a new job and there's someone who has been there for 20 years and has three kids and they're about to retire because their goals and values probably look a lot different.
1: Totally different. I mean, I found myself at 24. I was at a country club and I had just gotten promoted to assistant fitness director, which meant I now managed a team of 45, 50 people now reported to me at 24 years old. I was the youngest in that department. Like even the front desk staff were older than me. The personal trainers had been personal training for like 30, like longer than I had been they're alive like This
0: fucking kid
1: at that point. And they're like, we got to report to this dude. I'm like what? Was it more of a challenge? Yes, absolutely. Right. When we look at it's no different than though, if you were a freshman and, your team in your coach came in and said, you're a captain. And yeah. you're like, I'm a freshman. I learned very early that a requirement for leadership is an age and experience. The, the requirement for leadership is how you show up and connect with people. And as long as you can communicate that you guys are on the same mission, working towards the same goal, that's what makes a solid leader. Yes, there'll be some different things and require more open and honest communication, for sure. The amount of times I had to sit down with my employees and peers really and be like hey i'm having really a hard time understanding like what is it that you want you don't seem you like you don't seem happy here you seem a little bit upset with this new policy that we're trying to roll out talk to me like why i'm i'm just shrug- i'm just struggling to understand simply because our we have different values we have different life experience like i'm a single 24 year old dude like i how could i possibly understand where you're coming from unless i open the door and invite you to tell me that. And it's it's little things like that that then, yeah, even if you have a coworker that is retiring in later stages of career, you can still bond. You just have to show genuine interest in, in where they're coming from and getting to learn them. And oftentimes we're very reciprocal human beings. When you lead with that, people then ask in return. So where are you coming from then? And it's like, oftentimes people are, we all have the same mission. Whether it be like in relationship, in work, in school, whatever it may be, on a team, we have the same end mission. We want to win. We want to check that box for success, whatever it may be. And we all are individuals, so we go about it in a different way. And if we don't take the time to really start to understand the people that we get to interact with on a daily basis, how they are trying to get there, we're doing ourselves a disservice, we're doing them a disservice. And we're we're setting ourselves up to to have more conflict. So if you want to connect more invite more have clear conversations lead with genuine curiosity start to understand okay this is where that person comes from oh it's cuz they were raised like that then that's how they show up athletes deal with that all the time in the work setting it's like most of my peers weren't athletes so like they didn't understand the level of preparedness that i quite literally would not show up to work without they were like i they couldn't understand why i would get there 30 minutes early just to set up the room for the boot camps that I was coaching, and to make sure that not only did I have boot camp programmed, but I had playlist programmed. I had, and it wasn't that like they didn't care. At first, I was like, "Oh, they just don't care at the same level that I do." It's like, no, they just have a different way about going about what they do. They're st- we're still working the same mission, but having that conversation really brought us closer together.
0: The idea of invitation—it it always comes down to like. A few things, but the people feeling like they're a part of something Mm -hmm. and feeling it's so easy as humans, like humans are gravitate towards people. And so then when you're not in that like circle or whatever it might be, you feel like you're like not part of something. And so the invitation, whether it's a conversation, whether it's an invitation to join a conversation or it always comes down to like, connection and feeling like you are yeah i was gonna
1: say regardless of background we all want to be seen heard and hopefully understood right for for who we are as as people as humans and we want to feel valued that's how we feel valued is when that's received when that is seen and it's funny like what we're talking about right now is the end goal isn't it doesn't matter what it actually is Realistically, what you're trying to do is set up what's known as group flow, which is that in the zone, very collaborative, everything clicks. But for you to be able to get that, one of the really most potent triggers is you have to feel like your work is a part of something bigger and it matters. And you, your role on a team, like if you don't feel like your role on the team, if you're a role player, matters towards the bigger picture, of course, you're not going to feel like the team chemistry is there and you have the closest bonds with people around you. So taking the time to sit back, assess if I'm not feeling seen, if I'm not feeling heard and understood in this setting, how can we change that? And don't always just play that victim card of like, oh, they just don't get me. Yeah. Did you ask? Did you did you try to under like invite them to conversation? I, I had a client recently. We were talking about this at work and for his work and he was like man i hear what you're saying corey but i'm not confrontational so i'm not gonna go talk to my boss like that and i was like okay cool are you open to something he's like yeah so like, what would it look like to to open with inviting him to a conversation and instead of laying the the setting as you and me have been butting heads for the past week or two weeks I need to talk to you. It's coming around to the same side of the table as him and saying, Hey, I'm having a really hard time understanding why this new policy is in place. I'm feeling undervalued. I'm not feeling like I'm getting the same worth out of like my work. And I know that's not the case. I know we are on the same page, but I'm feeling a little bit disconnected. Can we have a conversation about that? And he was like, Oh, It's like, yeah, that's not confrontational. That's, if anything, that's a constructive conversation. Yeah. So instead of it all about your perspective of how you go about solving these quote unquote problems, I like to just get rid of the word problem altogether and say it's a puzzle. So instead of I have, I'm experiencing X problem and say, no, I'm trying to solve X puzzle right now. What do I need to do to solve the puzzle? Do I need to sit on the same side as this person and understand their perspective to maybe they're working on this border? of the puzzle and that will help fill in the rest or, or what do I need to do? But the, the language that we use and the way that we word things has tremendous power. And that's another thing that I wish people would just take away from this episode, this yeah. conversation.
0: Words matter what you say to people and yourself and everything in between. Tell me about how you got from doing home mortgage loans and refinancing to forever athlete.
1: Yeah. So funny enough, I, I, I was doing the cash out refinance and they were VA loans. And when I was there, what I realized was they had a, a referral program. they are like, every person you refer here, you get $1,000. I was like, hmm, referral timeline. I can refer someone and it would be a lot faster than if I were to like try to generate a, a mortgage loan and get yeah. paid out similarly. So I was like, I'm just going to start. I'm going to like do the bare minimum on the mortgage side. And I'm going to like just refer people and started like going on LinkedIn and sending out mass messages and connecting with people and be like, yo, you need a job. I got a job here. Like, come, come check it out. Um, And it was, it's a, it's a great company for young people to like get their feet wet into a career. And so after a few months, I started, I actually got a random email from a family that I used to coach at this country club. I was no longer working there because I had the full-time job. And they were like, hey, Corey, I don't know if you're still in the area. It's been a few years, but our kids are wanting to do swim lessons and they like refuse to do swim lessons with anyone else other than you. I don't know what you did. Like, I don't know how you had this impact on them. And it's been three years and they're only six, but like, they don't want to work with anyone else but you. Are you around? And I was like, you know, I'm working like 70 hour weeks at this mortgage company but I have Sundays free. And I was living in Baltimore at the time. The country club's just outside of DC. And I said, you know what? Why not? I felt I felt called for whatever reason to answer this email and say, yes, I'll, I will be there. Let's show up. And it didn't make sense the first few weeks. Like I was teaching two 20 minute lessons, it was a 45 minute, 50 minute drive without traffic each way. Wow. So I'm like, I'm spending oh more gosh. time in the car going back and forward than I am actually teaching this lesson. But In showing up there, what then started to happen is more families started to see, oh, Corey's back in the area. He's doing swim lessons on Sundays. Before I knew it, I like blinked and I had from like 8 a.m. on Sunday until about 5 p.m. on Sunday booked out with 20, like lessons every 20 minutes. It was insane. And fortunately enough, like was making pretty good money doing that because of the clientele. And I was like, you know, I'm going to. I think I'm going to like walk away from this mortgage job. I don't know what I'm going to do. And it worked out perfectly because I after one day of doing all these lessons, the operational director, who was my boss essentially at the club, was like, dude, it's a shame that you have this full-time job. We have a head coaching opportunity coming up. But- like it wouldn't make sense for you to like leave your full-time job and coach for two months and then like try to find a job again. And I was like, it wouldn't make sense, but I feel called to say yes to that. So let's do it.
0: Actually, might.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's like, I hate my full-time job. I'm leaving this. So I left it, started coaching. And that then was my first step into entrepreneurship because it was just a job from like May until like late May to early August at the best. And then everyone goes on vacation. But during that time, I saw the indoor pool where I was co- where I was doing these lessons and I came to my boss and I was like, hey, I want to start a year round swim pro- program. I want to do a, a learn to swim clinic and I want to do an age group team. Um, would you be open to that? And he's like, yeah, that's great. The pool never gets used. Go for it. Like create a business plan. I was like, yeah, yeah, cool. I got you with a business plan. Went home immediately went to Google. I was like, what is a business plan? Like, How do you how do you make that thing? So sure enough, used a Google template, like made one, came back the next day and was like, here's what I'm proposing. He's like, this is an awesome plan. I love it. It's really beneficial to the club. We're going to not even charge you for rent for the space. You just go for it. Like 100% of the revenue is yours. Wow. I honestly think he just had a soft spot for me. And he was like, if this is what will make Corey happy, like we'll make Corey happy. So do that. This thing ends up becoming a huge Success and like we had about forty kids in the age group, uh, team, and then we had another like fifty or sixty kids doing the learn to swim clinic, and i having to hire an assistant.
0: I was just going to ask was, that it
1: was great. Like yeah, there's no way I could safely coach that many kids at once. How so um, many kids? But the, it was great because then that led me to actually get it because I was around the club more. My degrees in exercise science. I was strength and conditioning minor. I had my uh, personal training cert. They were like, "We want you to start like over at the uh, the gym. If you can start teaching a few classes, we're faz- we having some internal changes. We're phasing this person out. Like we want to put you in." I was like, "Okay, cool." So I started teaching boot camp classes, and then over time, I found myself teaching. I taught everything from water aerobics to boot camp to Tabata to sports conditioning. Like. Literally anything. Um, and it was great. The only thing I didn't like was I taught senior strength once. And I was like, this not my demographic. I'm <laughs> out of here. <laughs> Turns out you can't really take 80-year-olds and have them like go up and down from like floor to standing multiple times in an hour. Um, I learned 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 my lesson.
0: <laughs> they loved me. And it was that here. then
1: opened the door for the assistant fitness pro like director position. Did that for a a year or so. And then COVID hit. And when COVID hit, I had went through this phase of, I just started grabbing literally everything I could at the country club, because that was the way that I, I had viewed for me to continue to grow my role there. And I was doing it really well, but I found myself capped. Like I couldn't teach any more classes. I couldn't teach any more personal training clients, didn't have any other like swim programs that I could create. And so I felt like my hands were tied and I had started the podcast Somehow, among all that time that I didn't have, I had started podcasting. And the podcast for me started around wanting to sit down with current athletes, the best athletes of our generation and be like, so like, talk to me about your mental side of performance. Let's have conversations like break this down, break what was your mindset going into this spot? And I don't know if you've realized this, but I realized very quickly that current athletes are really busy. I should have known that given my own life. And so they didn't really have time to like sit down with me. And I found myself though, really connected in the former athlete world. So had a lot of former athletes on all the conversations really geared towards, well, what do I do after sport? Like who am I after sport? What is that identity piece? And eventually when after pandemic slowed things down, something clicked for me and I was like, I need to do something that solves that issue that provides people an alternative identity and even more so connects them with other people that are, are going through the same thing as them. Because what I found was the feeling that I felt of looking in the mirror, not recognizing who I was, not recognizing why I was showing up the way that I wanted to uh, every day, wasn't the only person that I was feeling that. There was actually thousands and mil- honestly millions of people out there feeling the same way. And so it was like that aha moment of like, what have we built something to bring people together to provide really free education or as accessible education as possible towards like, this is how you transition. This is the resources available to you as a former athlete. I realized there was this huge gap between, especially pro and college in particular, you have all these abundance of resources at your disposal when you're in it. The moment you stop, the resources go away. But your free time goes through the roof and you're kind of left like, it would it's, have been nice uh, to be able to access therapy now. or It to gives like,
0: me chills. That's like yeah. the same exact thing happened with me, just looking around. And I took my fifth year. So all my my friends that I came in with, this happened to them. They went through that the year before me. And yeah. so then when I was going through it, I mean, I didn't notice when they were going through it. And then when I was going through it, I was just kind of like, wait. This sucks. They didn't say that this sucks, so maybe I'm the only one who feels that. I mean, I lived with most of these people while they were through that transition, so and are still going through that transition. Mm -hmm. They're like my closest people, and yet this is something we haven't talked about. There is such a gap.
1: I think it's super interesting because the nature of the sport, like the sporting world, is you're you're competing for limited spots, Um, and like I I look back at when I was the most unhappy would be that like first year plus out of of swim i put on about 50 pounds i like again didn't recognize myself but i was making money from this mortgage job and i would go back to delaware pretty often i was like 45 minutes away uh living in baltimore i would go back And I would, and people would ask me like, oh, what are you doing? Like, what, how's, how's life? And I'm like, yeah, I'm freaking, I'm crushing it. Like put on some weight finally. Like I could finally lift because I was a skinny distance swimmer. Um, And I was just always putting on this like fake facade because I was worried that if I didn't want, I didn't want to like scare them being like, hey, look, like it's actually the worst thing ever when you graduate while you have, you know what I mean? Like no one wants to hear that while they're in it. I didn't know how to communicate that in a way that didn't, oh, he's being really, he's just negative. Like he's in a funk um, mm-hmm. type deal. And I think that's really cool to see just the, the growth that we've had as a society and in the culture, the past few years here, it's like those conversations are becoming more normalized. And the the coolest thing for me is like, I've had through this journey, really the past three years of putting myself out there more and talking more on social media and through the podcast and, now through the company i've had more and more former teammates who i wasn't really close with when we swam come to me and be like i had no idea you felt that way i felt the same thing and i was like wow that's that's crazy we like we're going through the same thing and we never like talked about it and we've had really powerful conversations now years later about past experiences and like how how we've changed and how we're growing and showing up now it's it's wild, but yeah. I mean, if you had told me when I was in it that I'd be hanging out and spending time with some people that I do now, I'd be like, hey, "There's no way." Like, I, I'm way more open though now, and I think that's something that a lot of people can take away is like just be more open to conversation. You don't yeah. it doesn't mean you have to share everything, but be open to conversation. See mm-hmm. what happens in that process.
0: Yeah, I love that. Be open to and new experiences and new people. It's hard when you're surrounded by like I I wasn't friends with anyone who swam like why would I reach out to someone who swam like they don't know that we don't have the same experience but yet we're sitting here talking about something we both felt probably different but like Mm -hmm. still in the same realm of experience which is I was gonna say that's
1: when you start to look at it right and it's like remind me your sport again soccer soccer so it's like yeah like I suck at soccer I'll be fully transparent. Like I can't. Don't ask me to dribble ball or anything. <laughs> like it's not happening. I'm, I suck at so much. Day, so perfect.
0: But have...
1: there's this. What I found, regardless of sport, there's like an underlying understanding of of who each of us are. You know what I mean? Like you just. All I have to know is like you played soccer at that level. You said it earlier. Like CAA have that in common. Great, awesome. But I know like. Even though I've never done a soccer practice at the same level that you have, I know the level of work that goes into it, the intentionality that goes into it, the teamwork that needs to go into it, the communication and like vice versa, right? So there's a, there's an even more special bond, I think, when it's the same sport for sure, but there can still be an appreciation and a mutual understanding if it's a completely different experience. And that's what I mean by like taking the time to ask better questions and then realize the underlying similarities, because even on surface level, it's like soccer, swim doesn't only similarities that begins with an S. Yeah, you know what I mean that. on on the surface, <laughs> but when you really peel back the layers and have these kind of levels of conversation, you start to realize like, oh, at its core, your experience is very similar, but also unique to you, to mine.
0: So I want to kind of shift a little bit. And we just got the notification again for time. Perfect. So perfect timing. So if you could give advice to yourself, so you now could give advice to yourself, your like first month out of swimming, what would you say?
1: Mm. Honestly, I would say, don't be afraid to sit in the pain. Don't be afraid to run towards it and learn to embrace it. Just like you did in swimming, Um, learning to play with that emotion and really sit and unpack it because it, while it is uncomfortable, the more you avoid it, the more it will persist in your life. Don't be so quick to mask it with drinking. For me it was how I primarily coped. Um, don't be so quick to, to do that, or just to fill your time around people that you don't even want to be around. It was just this, like you don't want to be lonely and sit with this emotion. So you chased, anything that allowed you to avoid that so my 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 best message to myself would honestly just be embrace that sit with it it sucks but it will suck less by you running towards it rather than running away from it
0: that's an amazing message i think something too that like it supersedes not just right after school but just in general like it's a nice check-in so thank you for sharing that because i will definitely take that for myself into future situations what would be your walkout song or i guess swim out song whatever it might be it's a walkout <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> same same language uh there i only got one walkout song in my actual career in my college career which was like you had to be seated first going into finals to okay. uh, achieve to, to be able to choose a song and i chose ballin by logic um uh, I don't know if you know that song. Know that song yeah. Logic's from the same hometown as me. feel very connected with his work. I've, he was someone that I was able to watch kind of grow up from going to shows where it's like 20 people, 100 people to selling out festivals and doing all the stuff that he's done. So that it, that song, well, I liked the song. It was more about the meaning and the connection to him and being him being able to make a name for himself beyond our initial Smaller community, so to speak. Not that like Maryland area is pretty populated in Montgomery County, Maryland, but you know it's. It was cool so, to see. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. Would that hold true for even right now? Like your walkout song of life.
1: I love looking at things that trigger me in a good way that put me in like a good state, and so I, mean, I encourage former athletes to do this all the time that I work with. I'm like yo throw on that old playlist that you like were jamming to on the bus getting ready to to go mess it up on the field or at your game whatever it may be put that on like there's power in the nostalgia there's power in the familiarity there i'll do the same thing like i'm a i'm a creature of habit which i think a lot of us are so i'll do the same thing with like if i have a big presentation i'm going i'm going now to university like i'm going to nc state and i'm going to go speak at nc state i'm throwing on my my headphones getting myself pumped up to put me in that same state a lot of us i think feel like we need to change the way that we prepare for that new thing but if we've been doing we've been preparing a certain way and it's worked for 18 years why why reinvent the wheel why change things up go back to what's familiar it's like for me it was always music food like I had go-to food options before meats. Shout out to my dad. I don't know what it was. I think it was like my sophomore year of high school, had a Smoothie King smoothie before finals one day and like just absolutely crushed my race, like huge drop. And from that moment on, I was like, dad, I need a Smoothie King smoothie before every finals. And he was like, you're psycho. But okay. he's like,
0: what have I done?
1: <laughs> yeah, he swam in college too. He gets it. Um but I mean, there was points where we would, we'd be traveling different. We'd be going to CAs and like the nearest Smoothie King's 40 minutes away. Yeah. My dad would use his rental car to go pick up. He would pick up like eight Smoothie King smoothies and come back and I can just put them in my hotel freezer, but I would then have that. And so now it's like these little things just bring back really good memories. Memories are attached to feelings. And if you want to shift your state and control how you show up, you can tap into those through memories and triggers that really help bring those memories to life to the forefront.
0: Okay. Final question before we wrap up here. Um, What is your hottest take Mm. putting you on the spot?
1: Yeah, I think um, my hottest take is one that's been on my mind lately. I just saw a post earlier today that was like redrafting the 2021 NFL draft class uh, and seeing how certain People shook up. My hottest take in regards to that is almost like I would much rather take someone that has struggled and hasn't had that success at the collegiate level on the pro level. And the same to be said around people like post as well. It's like, I want you not that like there's val- not value in winning championships and, and accolades. right? But a lot of the my mentality is how can you take those experiences and continue to grow from them? That's what Forever Athlete is about. It's like take your previous accolades, take the good from it, learn from the, the bad and grow forward. I want to continually be peaking and I want to surround myself with people that want to do the same in their life. And so that's my, I would guess my hottest take is like, I would rather surround myself with people that are maybe not proven winners, but are aspiring to be and their daily actions are showing up towards that direction. I love that. appreciate it. Appreciate it.
0: <laughs> Wait, as soon as you started saying you're saying that, I was like, wow, I think Taco Bell sucks. And I was like, definitely not on the same train, but I really like that.
1: Taco Bell is trash. My dad would call it taco smell. Growing
0: taco up, I only smell.
1: had it once in my life and I did not like it because of yeah.
0: that. No, I love that. I think people who know what it's like to work hard and know that they have to, and they want to they have like a habit that's just kind of in them mm-hmm. or they don't get caught and bogged down and and caught up in what they're achieving so i love that. Mentality. absolutely absolutely. Um, well thank you so much this was awesome thank you yeah. to talk as well
1: be, thank you for having me i appreciate well, it